When I think of ABX, I think of um, ABM now being a strategic part of your revenue organization's go-to-market strategy, right? So we're going beyond that marketing mix, that marketing motion, and we're involving sales, CS, PMK. It's all of those teams coming together to create you know, those custom experiences for your most strategic accounts um, and really working together towards one goal, which is revenue. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the B2BMX podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Tarico, and I'm flying solo for today's episode because my co-host Kelly is taking a short break this week. But of course, the show must go on, so you get just me today. Today's episode is another replay from our B2BMX event in Scottsdale, Arizona. It stars Jennifer Lever, Senior Global ABM Manager for Bizarre Voice. Jen is quickly making a name for herself in the ABM space. She actually won our coveted B2B Innovator Award in the Account Targeters category. And the Bizarre Voice team recently won a Killer Content Award in February in the ABM Content category. So Jen really, really knows what she's talking about and she really knows what it takes to create the structure of her company's ABM strategies and how to simplify the expectations of the sales org to maximize participation and results. So we've got her session all lined up and ready to go. And yeah, all you get to do is sit back, relax, and hear her story and insights on how to launch an ABM program from the ground up and for scale. So yeah, let's roll the tape in three, two, one. Thank you everyone for joining me today. I am super excited to share my story about my journey from uh, taking ABM to ABX at my um, organization and really becoming that strategic partner for your sales org. Um, so agenda, um, everyone's seen an agenda slide before so I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, um, but this is what we'll be covering today. Um, and to kick things off, let's talk about ABM versus ABX, right? Like, what is the difference? Is ABX a buzzword? What does it mean? Um, in my mind, ABM is, um, you know, just really smart B2B marketing. But at the end of the day, it's still just marketing. When I think of ABX, I think of um, ABM now being a strategic part of your revenue organization's go-to-market strategy, right? So we're going beyond that marketing mix that marketing motion and we're involving sales, CS, PMK. It's all of those teams coming together to create you know, those custom experiences for your most strategic accounts um, and really working together towards one goal, which is revenue. So anytime, if anybody has like launched ABM, just quick show of hands, like where is everybody with ABM right now? Is anybody doing ABM right now? Cool, okay. Um, and then who's looking to get started with ABM in the next 12 months? Awesome, cool. Well, hopefully you guys will be able to take away some really cool stuff from this session, but it doesn't come without its challenges, right? Um, so I'm gonna share with you kind of some of the things that we experienced at Bizarre Voice and what I like to call our ABM midlife crisis. So first off, um, marketing campaigns and strategy, right? Like how are we 
going to figure out which um, flavor of ABM that we're going to start with. Are we going to do one-to-one -one and dive straight in? Are we going to do one-to-few, one-to-many? What does that look like, right? Um, I was faced with the exact same challenge. So when I got on board um, at Bizarre Voice, they had done ABM in the past, but it was very ad hoc, right? So it was you know, one-off campaigns here and there. Sales did not have a good taste in their mouth about what the true value was and the impact that it can bring to the business. Um, and so my job was to come in and launch an ABM program, create that foundational strategy from the ground up. Two months into my role, the global pandemic happened. So not only was I supposed to launch this um, from scratch, completely pivot from my original plan to being 100% digital, but now I'm enabling a global sales team completely remote. Um, in addition, you know, I really needed to figure out um, what sort of, how am I gonna strategically target the accounts that we wanna go after um, and be able to scale that from you know, that one-to-many to the one-to-one -one approach. Um, and really create that personalized experience for these accounts and also make sure that we're scaling it across the various regions that we're supporting. Um, and then I know like if anybody um, has marketers, you guys probably all understand, we've got internal limitations and resources that we have to like figure out how to navigate, right? So do I have enough um, bandwidth on my content team to create the content that I need to support these campaigns? Design. Marketing ops, do I have those teams on board to really help me build out the reporting structure that I need, so on and so forth. And then of course, budget constraints. Anytime you're starting off with a new program, you're having to prove that value and show that ROI, but nine times out of 10, you're probably starting off with a budget that's like this big. So how do I do that and scale? Um, additionally, sales enablement, right? Like, how do we get sales to be bought in and really like understand the value and the impact that this can make. So I needed to come in and really re-educate and re-excite my sales team. And the way that I did that um, was to serve up account intelligence through intent and engagement data, give them those insights that they need to um, prioritize their territory, make it actionable for them, and give them the insights that they need to like really tap into that low-hanging fruit in their patch. And then I needed to look at it from both an acquisition standpoint and a growth standpoint, right? So Acquisition, we're focused on pipe gen, bookings, how are we getting those net new logos into, um, into our business? And then how are we looking at our current customer base to, um, to reduce churn first and foremost, and then find those upsell cross-sell opportunities? And then the third bucket, and I'm pretty sure most people in here can also relate to this, um, the same scenario, and it's one thing that comes up quite often when I speak with other ABMers is, how do I show reporting and attribution, right? Because the way that you're gonna report out to your marketing team is gonna be very different than the metrics that you share with your CFO, your CRO, the sales team that you're trying to enable. All of that's gonna be very different. And you also need to look at it through the lens of how do I, one, show the ROI and also that true impact and justify the tech stack that I wanna build out, the campaign budget that I need to support, um, my program, so on and so forth. The other thing that I look at from a reporting standpoint is really setting those expectations early on 
<clears throat> so what are those early KPIs that we need to look at to show success? Are we trending in the right direction? Are campaigns resonating, right? And then we work into those long-term business outcomes because a lot of times when um, you launch ABM, people get really excited and they're like, this is gonna be a game changer. Um, it's, we're gonna, like, you know, it's gonna drive so much revenue, it's gonna be awesome. And they wanna see those business outcomes right off the bat. It's a crawl, walk, run approach, right? So it's really important to make sure you identify those early success metrics and then move into those full funnel metrics. And then the other thing that can be challenging with ABM is really looking at it from a marketing source versus marketing influence lens. Because it runs so closely al alongside that sales motion, it's really challenging sometimes to pick the two apart and show that impact. So in a couple of slides, I'll show you kind of how I backed into that and showed um, both that marketing and sales impact. Um, so, <clears throat> whoops. Okay, so first off, I needed to build out a tech stack, right? You can do ABM without tech, but it's really challenging, it's really hard. Um, so when I first started, this is what my tech stack looked like. As you can see here, it's super, super sales focused. Not a bad thing, because all of, these, um, all of these tools have a place, and I work in most of these tools on, a, on at least a weekly, monthly basis, right? Now, two years later, we still have these same players in place, because they all, have, they all, they all um, hold importance. But now, we've got a few other players in the sandbox, right? So I have a way to create personalized content experiences. I can have um, banners follow my sales team around that target our target accounts that send them back to those content experiences. They have a new touch point that they can leverage now, especially in a remote world, um, using um, Sendoso or direct mail provider. Um, Drift, so we make sure that we have that true omni-channel experience for our accounts, regardless of where they're engaging with us and then serving up the account intelligence that my sales team needs to activate um, and, and act on those target accounts through, um, through ABM platforms like Terminus and Sixth Sense, and then this also allows me to target those accounts through, um, through those digital means. So now you've got your tech stack built out, how do you use all of this to activate your sales team? So I'm gonna go through a couple of pro tips that I put together. So, First off, it's really, really important to identify the metrics that matter, right? When you're looking at things from an ABM standpoint, it's very different than the traditional demand gen funnel, what you're reporting on. So you really need to take a step back and kind of realign those metrics to support your initiatives. ABM, ABX is about serving up quality accounts to sales to generate revenue, not leads. Um, so you wanna make sure that you're starting to back into it through that account base lens. Like I mentioned earlier, identifying those early wins and those KPIs, so how are you really starting to show that you're moving the needle forward um, with, with the right accounts and getting in front of the, the, the right contacts? So are you looking at um, number of net new contacts that you're getting in front of? What do those titles look like? What does your content engagement look like? We're getting people back to the website to at least show some early engagement. Then you back into reporting on those business outcomes, so things like opportunities created, what does my deal size look like? Am I seeing a shorter um, deal cycle? Is my close one percentage continuously increasing as my programs get more and more mature and I have my sales team more on board? 
and then becoming best friends with your op support teams, right? So first and foremost, to help you co-build that tech stack that you're trying to implement because you can't do it by yourself. And then also to help back into that reporting piece, right? So how do you build out those dashboards that you're gonna share with your CMO versus your CFO? Very, very different stories. So making sure that you have that internal support with those resources is gonna be key. And then again, to tailor those metrics to your audience. Next one is making that shift from MQL to MQA, or at least looking at it through using a dual funnel approach. So again, when you're looking at account-based marketing or account-based experiences, it's about delivering quality over quantity, right? Um, and MQA, in my mind, signifies a, lay, a, 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 a level of sales readiness, right? So these accounts are further down the funnel. They're that much closer to, to wanting to actually make a decision to um, partner with this provider or that provider, or they're wanting to talk to my sales team, right? So um, I wanna make sure that I'm serving up accounts that are sales ready and not still living under a rock, kind of doing that initial discovery. How do you build this out? A lot of us probably already have an MQL, MQL model in place, right? So um, use that as your baseline. Look at what you already have built out. Do you need to layer in some additional things like um, uh, we need to make sure that we're reaching a, a certain number of contacts within a target account in order for it to be sales ready? Do they need to reach a certain level of engagement? Do we need to have enough website visits? Like what, is, what are all of those metrics that, need to, to, um, that we need to factor in? Um, let's look at intent. Can we look and see if they're spiking on intent, if that's an indicator that they're ready to have that sales conversation, right? So using that, that MQL model that you've already created and then layering in some additional metrics and filters to, to kind of create a, a more like tight um, uh, lens of like uh, the, the accounts that you're uh, serving up to your sales team. But MQLs still matter, right? So you're still gonna have people come to your website and fill out a contact form or a demo request form, so you don't wanna necessarily ignore those leads, but what you could do is use account intelligence to further qualify those MQLs to serve them up to sales to help them prioritize. Third tip is building and scaling ABX with sales, so really becoming that strategic partner for that, for that team. First and foremost, finding your sales champions and letting them sell to sales. And the way that I do this is nine times out of 10, anytime I'm going to implement a new piece of tech or a new strategy, I work really closely with my sales leadership team to identify maybe one or two reps that really get it, really understand the value and wanna test this out um, and bring them on board to, to test out a pilot program. That does a couple of different things. First, it gives, a, it gives me a chance to kind of pressure test that with a small pilot group before I'm rolling it out to the wider sales organization. Um, it also allows me to um, use them as my internal advocates, right? So when you have a few sales folks that have access to this account, account intelligence and they're closing deals faster, they're opening up more opportunities, they're getting in front, of, like they're getting more meetings set, and their peers see that exact same experience happening but they don't have access to it, it almost creates a sense of FOMO where it's like, why, you know, I want, I want access to Sixth Sense, I want access to Sinosa or whatever that might be, right? So it helps kind of create that, that, um, that internal advocacy that you need to really run those programs. 
Also, make sure that they, they know that they have a seat at the table. I think that a lot of times as marketers, we want to come in and we want to execute a campaign, we want to execute a strategy, but we really need to take a step back sometimes and really um, use that as an opportunity to talk to our sales reps that are on the front line, right? There are so many good insights that they can provide to us that I think sometimes it's missed. And in order for ABM or ABX to work, they really need to understand that this only works if we do it together as a team and that their feedback is just as important as me looking at the metrics to see where we're gauging in terms of um, success with our campaigns. Again, starting with that pilot to prove the value of ABX, serving up that account intelligence to help them prioritize and make it actionable, and then have really strong SLAs in place. So, Everybody has a role to play in these programs. Um, there's also, SLAs also help um, create that sense of accountability and responsibility and make sure that everybody knows what their swim lanes is um, to make it as uh, successful as possible. Lastly, um, keeping the sales machine running. So you've got your tech implemented, you've got your pilot program running, you're starting to scale it out across the wider business. So how do you use that data, bring it all into one place, build out those dashboards you need to action, uh, to make it actionable for your sales team and provide those prescriptive actions? So using that account um, intelligence, those, in, uh, those insights to help drive and streamline and engage your sales team. Baking it into their current workflow is huge. So I don't know if anybody's ever been in sales before. Um, I have and you are <laughs> bombarded with a ton of different tools. You're also nine times out of 10 probably um, responsible for hitting a certain number, uh, like a certain quota each week, each month. Um, and it can be really overwhelming sometimes when you have 20 different platforms that you're supposed to leverage just to get your job done. So the more that you can incorporate it into their current workflow and process, the more adoption you're gonna get across the board. Tailoring your playbooks to each role. Um, so again, when I talk about account-based experiences, it's not just marketing, it's not just sales, it's also CS. And the way that you enable your SDR team is gonna be very different than an AD or an AE or your CSMs. So making sure that you have those playbooks that are built out to support what they do every day is gonna be super important to, again, get that adoption. Hosting regular syncs with your sales leaders. Um, this, to me, is key in, in, in um, implementing any successful ABM program. If you don't have that top-down support, it's gonna fall short. You really need to make sure that your sales leadership also understands the value. They're on board, they're ready to get on the train with you um, and really help um, enable and support their teams that are gonna be on the front lines using all of this. And then that's gonna help us all operate as one team, working together towards one goal, which at the end of the day is revenue. That's why we're all here. And my last tip is, again, something that I think we miss out a lot on too, is sales reps are people too, right? So keep it fun, keep it, um, keep it lively. Um, you know, these are actual memes that I've sent out to my sales team for their weekly intent reports. They might think I'm silly, which is fine, but they still remember me. And they look forward to that report every month. And it helps give, just shed a little bit of like a lighter tune on me like um, serving up all of this data to them. So don't underestimate the power of a good meme and keeping it light and funny for them. So now that we've got our sales team on board, we've got the insights, 
we've got um, the intelligence they need, what does this actually look like in practice? So I'm gonna share an example of a one to few industry specific campaign that we launched about a year ago. Um, we, I partnered with two sales reps, so my entire sales force is around 200 people globally. I picked two reps to test this out. In their patch, um, they have multiple industries that roll up to them, but we, we um, wanted to go ahead and go after the food and bev and CPG industry. One, because we had more content to support that, so that was my e like easier way to get into it. Um, and second, we knew it was a really uh, one of our best fit industries for what we um, sell into. They also both had 141 accounts that fell into this industry of focused. Uh, we picked 32. And the reason why we did that is because we wanted to be able to show the lift that ABM created and have a control group to compare that against. So the 32, or um, the accounts that were not part of that 32 um, did not see our ads, they, did, they were not part of the campaigns, we didn't have that proactive sales outreach that was running alongside marketing um, to again show that, that lift. How we backed into that 32 number was looking at that, um, the total accounts that rolled up in that industry and layered an intent to see which ones are already showing some levels of sales readiness, some indication that there's some interest there to help us kind of narrow that list down even more. And our goal ultimately was to drive pipeline and bookings and increase uh, sales velocity across um, these target accounts. We did that in a couple different ways. So we had targeted display and LinkedIn ads to create awareness within these buying groups. We targeted the director level up to CMO because those are our decision makers, also our influencers. And then we featured industry specific messaging and imagery in our ads. Those ads pointed to an industry specific content experience. So we wanted to make sure that we created a bingeable experience for these accounts. Let them self-educate. Let them find out a little bit more about our brand. How do we position ourselves as a partner and a thought leader and not go right into a sales conversation, right? We need, to, we need to increase that level of engagement. The beauty behind that is that all of that engagement data could be fed back into our CRM to help enable our sales team, again, baking it into their current workflow and process. Email banner marketing. Um, so every time our reps would email a contact, our SDR was doing cold outreach to any contacts at these accounts. We had a specific banner that also populated in their email signature that pointed to that custom content experience. So just another touch point without my sales team having to lift a finger and do anything. Uh, custom chatbots on our website. So again, backing into that omni-channel experience and making sure that every touch point for these accounts is personalized um, as possible. And then direct mail. Um, we use these as uh, both door openers and deal, deal accelerators. Um, and we did a combination of physical gifts and e-gifts. And to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse of what that looks like, so here's an example of a few of the banner ads that we had in market, our sponsored LinkedIn content, that um, email signature banner that ran alongside our sales outreach. Those all pointed to that custom Path Factory page. Um, a lot of this content, uh, again, back to the internal resource bandwidth, I don't have 20 different assets that all speak to food and bev. But what I can do is I can take an existing asset and um, rework it to be more industry specific. I can also bake in industry specific imagery through it, right? This landing page experience 
um, really helped kind of personalize that for them. And then we also use the dynamic logos at the top. This is obviously going to bring in both of my Bizarre Voice logos, but um, anytime one of the 32 brands that we were targeting visited this, it would dynamically pull in their logo, again, creating that personalized touch point. And then we had direct mail. So again, this is an example of what our sales team um, served up as a, as a door opener and, and deal accelerator uh, play to get those um, deals closed. Sales enablement. Um, so in addition to that marketing motion that's happening, we also wanted to make sure that we had um, those swim lanes mapped out, right? So um, we started off with um, launching our display ads um, in market um, to help warm up these accounts get them further along that, that sales funnel. And then we had our sales team start that proactive outreach, right? And then throughout that entire sales process, even after the opportunity was created, we continued to follow those accounts all the way through closed one. This is an example of what we put together to help bake in all of that different, all of those different tech pieces into that sales process. Um, so really identifying, okay, as you're prospecting, as you're outbounding these accounts, what, pe what pieces of tech, which tools do you need to use throughout each process, and really kind of creating like just a very quick visual representation of what levers to pull based on where they're at, um, and then working their way down. So, you know, use this to craft your messaging, look here to find those account insights, go to Sixth Sense before you, um, to use that as like a meeting prep before you have that call. What are they spiking on intent? Are they visiting our website? If so, which pages are those? And then building out those reportable dashboards. So looking at um, uh, giving them the ability, the insight to see, okay, which accounts have that product intent that haven't had a sales touch in, in 30 days? That's your low-hanging fruit right there. Um, which accounts have not had a sales touch that are also spiking on our competitor terms? There's an indication that there's some sort of interest there. Even if it's not with us, we should be getting in front of that conversation. And then after an opportunity is created, how do we continue to monitor the, uh, those accounts to see how healthy is that opportunity and what is the likeliness of that actually closing? Um, by layering in the competitive intent there, same thing with renewals. So this dashboard allows my sales team to play both offense and defense all from one place. The results. Um, so we have kind of our early wins, those early KPIs that I mentioned earlier, right? So these are those leading indicators to really understand, are we moving the needle in the right direction? Are we seeing the results that we expected to see? Or do we need to go back to the drawing board and pivot? Um, and then we look at those full funnel metrics. So again, this is why we pulled out those 32 accounts to show that lift, right? Um, so compared to that control group, I mean, look at those numbers. Imagine what this could do to your bottom line as a marketer if you were able to implement the exact same thing within your organization, right? The, the numbers are there, the lift is there, especially, again, when you have that sales and marketing motion running alongside each other. And again, this was just within the first six months of launching this campaign. Another key result that is a, a huge indicator for me to understand, am I making an impact with my sales team? Do they trust me? Is when I see this. So this is a quote from one of the reps that I worked with on this campaign. Um, and he said, our targeted marketing efforts um, that run alongside our sales outreach is like having a million SDRs 
um, running alongside us in the background. Like that to me makes me feel like we've, 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 um, we're moving from ABM to ABX. We've established that trust. They understand the value of it. And then this is what it looks like when sales is bought in. So we have um, Slack channels set up for all of the different um, tech that we use. We have a Sendoso channel, we have a Six Edge channel, and we encourage our teams to share not only best use cases and examples, but also share those wins. So that also helps with that sales adoption across the board because when they see their peers setting more meetings, creating more opportunities, and really leaning into the tech, um, it, it speaks numbers, right, or speaks volumes. And, um, Sales is going to listen to sales way more than they listen to, to marketing any day of the week. So the more that we can share these results, the better. So bringing it all together, um, here are just some tips and uh, takeaways um, for you guys um, for this session. So um, first and foremost, um, really build in, uh, build that buy-in and that support from sales leadership. So you've got to have that top-down approach. Um, start small and scale. So like I said, you know, starting with that pilot program, really testing it out um, before you roll it out to the wider sales organization. Find out what works, what doesn't. Build those playbooks. Use those sales champions as your guides to figure out what does sales actually want to see from marketing. Create that control group to show the lift. Celebrate those early wins and then move into that full funnel impact when you are a little bit further along in your campaigns. Lean on those sales friendlies to be your internal advocates. Give them the account intel that they need, but keep it simple and streamlined. And then leverage their current sales processes and your CRM to enable them and make it actionable. Um, have those strong SLAs in place, again, so everybody kind of understands their swim lanes, there's that responsibility and accountability piece, the ball doesn't get dropped, and you have that smooth, uh, smooth transition from marketing over to sales. And then finally, reporting on those metrics that matter, making sure that you tailor them to your audience. All right, folks, that's a wrap on Jen. I just love hearing directly from B2B practitioners to learn exactly how their programs work behind closed doors. And Jen really spilled some really great secrets here. And if you loved this episode, you won't want to miss our B2BMX Next Level ABM virtual event this June. We'll have plenty more success stories for all levels of ABM to share. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you could save your seat as soon as possible. And yeah, that is a wrap on today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the pod so you don't miss any new episodes. We're available on your podcast player of choice. And of course, catch us on LinkedIn and Twitter to share feedback and let us know who else you want to hear from on the podcast. Thank you again for joining us today. I will catch you next week.